0: Welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm excited to add on to the previous episode about pans and pandas and talk a little bit more about building your support community. Um, This is something that I, number one, didn't know that I would need. I didn't know how much I would need it. I didn't know how to build it. I didn't know who to reach out to. Um, and our, you know, our support community, when my daughter went from pretty neurotypical to, you know, the very opposite of that, um, really completely flipped upside down. The people that we thought would be there for us really ended up not being there for us. Um, and which is, you know, very common, sadly, in the pans and pandas community, and probably even I would say in the autism community as well what I hear over and over and over again is that family tends to step aside, meaning anybody other than the immediate family, grandparents, aunts, uncles. um, And then there's a lot of judgment that ends up coming in. Well, you know, if you just parented differently, if you just spanked more, if you just X, Y, and Z, and there's very little listening that's happening. There's very little compassion that's happening in that place as well. And as a parent, um, I can just, I can feel, you know, when I close my eyes and I think back about that initial season, I really was in disbelief because number one, I'm trying to grapple with the fact that we have this new diagnosis. I'm trying to wrestle, you know, I am wrestling. I'm not trying to wrestle. I am wrestling with my own faith. I am, you know, really having to work out some very difficult questions with God. And what we needed in that moment was rallying. We didn't need questions. We didn't need accusations. We didn't need judgment. What we needed was for people to come and rally around us. And for us, um, that really didn't happen, at least not inside of our family, um, not side of our, you know, our blood family. Um, We did have that, you know, happen pretty, you know, slowly to start with um, in our friend community and our church community. Um, but it was a slow building over time. And part of that was because I didn't know how long it would take for Alexis to get better. I didn't know, you know, how long we're going to be kind of in the trenches here. And so you kind of have in your mind, you know, this is an acute illness, um, an acute exacerbation of illness and, you know, that, switch will eventually get flipped back to normal, quote unquote, at some point. Um, But the reality is that we can't control how long it takes for a body to heal. Um, And you know, what might take one child two years can take another child four or five. And we really can't rush that process. And so for me, part of my delay in reaching out and building that community was, um, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how long we were going to be stuck in this place. And I didn't really know how to reach out for help because there is kind of this expectation, or at least I had the expectation, that family would kind of step into that place. Um, and, you know, that then we wouldn't be a quote unquote burden to our friends and our community. But when we didn't receive that from family for various reasons, um, I began to slowly kind of burn out. I got very tired. I got very emotional. I got very. Uh, at the end of my wick, so to say. And if I knew now what I, if I knew then what I knew now, what I know now, sorry, if I knew then what I know now, I would have started immediately building a support team for my family because then we would not have gotten to the place where all of us were burnt out and traumatized by this experience because the reality was that each of us um, experienced Alexis's illness very differently. Um, and had our own traumas to process through that with to where, you know, it was very difficult for, you know, my husband and I to be a support to each other at the same time, et cetera. We really did need other people involved in that process. So I would say it probably wasn't about until about two years in to the process that, you know, at that point I was in counseling for myself just to really work through the grief of what we had experienced, um, which was really, you know, the death of who our child was and who she is now. And you have to go through that process in order to show up and parent the child that you now have. There's no way to skip that grief process. And it was very painful because it was like having two feet, you know, one foot in two worlds. One foot is in the mom I used to get to be for Alexis and another foot is parenting this child who essentially has a brain injury, an infectious brain injury. And I have to parent her very differently. And, um, and so, you know, walking through that grief process was really essential. But then it became even more essential for me to start including and bringing other people that were involved in our world into that process so that I could break out of the isolation. Um, and I would say one of the most devastating impacts of having a child with chronic illness um, is the isolation And the hopelessness that sinks in and the desperation um, that sinks in. And like I said, and I will tackle the spiritual aspect of this in a different episode. But right now I'm talking more about the emotional community um, aspect of this because it kind of lays the foundation for how to address, you know, both needs, the spiritual and the physical. So there was a very real need to be connected to community that I had lost, um, that each of us had lost. My husband had lost that. Um, I lost that. My children lost that to some degree. And I finally just said, I have to get over my own discomfort here of being too much for people. That was a really big fear that I had, that that our needs um, would be too much. And Um, because we will not make it through this in a healthy way if we don't have community. And so what I did, um, I, you know, I told one of my friends that I was going to be accountable to this and I said, okay, I'm going to create a group thread and I'm going to invite people into that place. And what I did was instead of, you know, placing a demand, I basically just said, this is what we need. And this is what we're looking for. We're looking for a group of people who can step in and pray, who can um, just know that there are certain needs that are going to happen during a flare and step into that place. Now, if that's not you and this is not your season, that is okay. I will still love you and respect you and value you as a friend. But for those of you that want to be in that place and ha- and, and be that support system, I'm inviting you into that place of vulnerability. and. It was very very uncomfortable for me um but it ended up really totally changing the trajectory of my own personal healing but also the support that our family felt that enabled us to walk through that and so what i did was i created a list of practical and emotional needs that i knew we would have during a flare And I just said, if I send out an SOS text, I just need, like, don't come and ask me what I need because I won't be able to tell you. Um, And those of you, you know, who are parents of special needs children or, you know, it's kind of like a mom during that newborn phase where um, you can't always tell somebody what you need because you're so tired, you're so overwhelmed, you're so fatigued that you just can't even go there. And so... I just said, I'm not going to be able to tell you what I need. So just pick anything on this list and anything on this list that you do, even if it's not in completion, you know, maybe you can't do a whole weeks of groceries, but you can bring dinner. Like, I promise you it will be enough. I promise you it will be enough. And that was our SOS group me thread. Um, And at times, you know, when one of my friends knew that was something was going on and you know, it had been 48 hours and things, you know, we were still in a flare, we were still having a really hard time. Um, they would post in that group SOS thread for me and just say, hey, we need to step it up. Let's, you know, let's step in and pray here. And, um, and it was beautiful and transformative and um, really above and beyond what I could have asked for and what I would have been willing to do at the very beginning simply because I didn't know that I needed it and you know there's nothing more devastating to me as a mom as a nurse um, than to see you know in these different Facebook groups these different support community groups where parent after parent after parent are saying I'm drowning I have no support for this and um, to me that's just completely unacceptable because as a community we can't maybe I can't do everything for my neighbor but maybe I can do one thing Do you know what I mean? And that one thing um, can be completely transformative for a family who's drowning. And so I think... for us, I don't think I know that that really uh, it it was kind of like filling up our hope balloon, right? All of a sudden, we don't feel so isolated. All of a sudden, we don't feel so alone and we don't feel like we're carrying this massive burden on our own. We have somebody else who's shouldering it with us and, and not just standing in a place of, you know, I've got you, I love you, I'm praying for you, but actually physically, being the hands and feet of Jesus um, in our moment of you know in our moment of need and our moments of need and um, while I tend to use that SOS group much less frequently, it still does happen and um, I am still so incredibly grateful for the support that we have. And so, if you're listening to this and you are a parent of a special needs child, you are a parent of a child with Pans and Pandas, or they have behavioral health needs. Um, don't neglect your need for community, and that need for community—you know—the the the very valid need that you have can come through multiple sources. It can come through a support group. It can come through parent coaching. It can come through um, respite care. So um, this is another thing that I want to touch on that we utilize respite services multiple times um, through grants because we didn't have that extra family support. And obviously there were different seasons where if my friends had, you know, newborns or what have you, they were not able to physically step in, you know, maybe in the ways that we needed to, um, that was absolutely life-changing for our family to be able to give my, give me a break so that my children, uh, could be well taken care of. You know, my, my oldest who has pans and pandas, um, was well taken care of, but I got a much needed break. So there are many, many, many resources out there, and sometimes we have to think a little bit outside the box, um, get out of our comfort zone. In the sense of, you know, maybe it isn't family and friends that can step in for you, but maybe there is somebody in the community. Um, you know, I know that there were times where um, we, ne- you know, I needed a trusted babysitter to be able to come in, um, but maybe that what was available to me was like a mommy's helper. So somebody who was a lot younger um, and who was not equipped to handle the pans and pandas behavior. Um, And with that, what I ended up doing because I'm like, I know that I need the help. I know that I still need childcare. um, And I know that this person isn't really trained to uh, be the, the helper, the babysitter that my oldest child needs right now. Um, but what I can do is utilize them in the home for other things. So I would have them come over and do laundry or do the dishes or, um, sort clothes, sort socks, pick up bedrooms, you know, wipe down the toilets, things like that, that still took the load off, but maybe wasn't the exact need that I had. And so I just want to, you know, encourage you, like, like I said earlier, if you are the parent of a child who has pans or pandas, or just simply a child with other special chronic needs, um, don't let that hopelessness and isolation keep you from reaching out and getting what you need in this season. Because I firmly believe God never intended us for us to walk alone. That's one of the reasons why he's given us family. Um, But sometimes we don't have access to the family that we need. And so in that instance, that doesn't mean we slam the door completely to receiving support from our community, it means that we fling those doors open wide, and and you know throw out an invitation, throw that net out so to speak, and see what jumps in. Um, I can tell you that at at a certain point, I stopped looking for the people who said no, and I started paying way more attention to the people who said yes, um, because at times those no's can be very painful. You know, the they almost feel like personal rejections. Um, in the sense of, you know, if you ask a family member to come help you and they don't understand what's going on or, or they, f- you feel like you have to justify your need, you know, um, your need for somebody to come help you, um, you don't have to do that. Um, and, you know, it, it does feel very personal and it does feel very rejecting, but there are people out there that want to be your yes person, that want to be your encouragement and support. And so, reach out for those people. I firmly believe that our God is a God of resources. And once I began partnering the little tiny mustard seed of faith that I have, which was that God is still with me and he is still for me, even though this sucks so bad and I am in so much emotional pain, I know that God would not leave me stranded here. And that little tiny seed of faith is what gave me the, the courage to take that one more step, right? That just one more step, just try one more time and just ask one more time. Um, that then began to open our world up to receiving that healing from community that we needed that really was able to hold our chin up, wipe our tears at times, come in and love on our family, give us breaks when we needed to. Um, all of those things that we just simply did not have access to. Um, and so, I hope that this gives you some ideas of how to build your community, um, how to build a support system. Um, even if it starts with just one person, don't minimize how impactful that one person can be because that will eventually grow to two people and five people and 10 people and, um, and it will make or break your, uh, your healing journey. So I hope that this episode was helpful. Um, I hope that it gave you some creative ideas on how to build your support community for your family. Um, head on over for this episode to um, Instagram at at Home. So that's healthy, W-H-O-L-E, at home. Drop me a message and let me know if you need any support um, finding these services or utilizing services for your family. And thank you for listening.